0: The pick is in at number one.
1: The big wild wow card. Great instincts. Quick, high release point. Best player available. Create for others. One of the best shot Seven 7'5 wingspan.
2: We
0: have our first trade. I mean, he
2: could end up going four, he could go five.
0: Former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough. But
2: there's also a lot of talent and in this draft.
0: NBA champion, Brian Scalabrini.
2: I really like this pick. One of the future
3: superstars.
0: Raphael Barlow. Honestly, man, I'm, I'm a Carroll guy. And Richard Stammen. A
1: flashy creator that can get to the rim. I I want bucket-getters.
0: Welcome into the 2022 Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft Show presented by Odyssey. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens from Locked On Now. We're going to be joined by a ton of guests and experts throughout our show. Odyssey experts are going to include former Suns general manager Ryan McDonough. He's been in this position before making selections, so he will have a ton of insight for us, as well as... We have those top three picks where everybody has a different opinion on where they will end up, Smith, Holmgren, and Bancaro. So a lot of question marks there as to where their landing spots will be. Our Locked On NBA hosts will be bringing you these mock draft picks and Locked On experts making those selections to let you know who their team is going to go with. We also have our Locked On college hosts, who are local experts, they cover these teams day in and day out, so they can tell you exactly what these prospects will bring to your NBA team and get a little bit of insight of what kind of impact they can have once they join the roster. I'm going to be joined throughout the show by Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen of Locked on NBA Big Board. Raphael, of course, anointed as the new NBA Big Board guy from Chad Ford, who has... Chosen him to take his spot. And now, of course, Richard is Mavs Draft on Twitter. He has tons of insight for us as we go through each and every pick. All right, we're gonna get into things for day one. Raphael and Richard here with us. Raphael, start with you. What can we expect here on day one? Do you see any big surprises for us?
4: Well, I have some strong connections and sources within the community. So based off of what I've been hearing, I think there's gonna be some moving and shaking going on today. Looking forward to it, but that's just what I'm hearing.
0: All right, a little Nostradamus there. We could see some trade moves. Richard, do you feel the same way? What, where would you see that movement? I feel like the first three are pretty set, so it would have to be after that, I would assume.
1: Yeah, this is known as a, a three-and-a-half-person draft because nobody knows what will happen at four. But Sacramento is a big domino. They're really going to dictate what happens the rest of the draft.
0: All right. Obviously, we'll see who could possibly be trying to move up and get that pick. Is there any Richard? I'll stick with you for this one. But is there anyone that you're really watching here in the first six that might be a surprise or just someone that you think um, maybe we haven't talked enough about that is going to make an appearance here on day one?
1: Uh, the biggest mystery of the draft uh, at the top is and Sharp. I'm interested to see where he goes.
0: Absolutely. I think everybody is kind of just, he's the man of mystery right here. Um, Raphael, do you have any insight on Shaden Sharp or do you have some other name that we should be thinking about here on day one?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that like Richard said, it's a three and a half person draft, but with Sharp, I mean, he could end up going four, he could go five. He just, he just maybe even top two. I mean, I've heard some rumors that the Thunder have um, some different interests, but I, I think Sharp is going to be the, the big wild card, not only for today, just this whole draft.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely a wild card where you have to keep your eye on it because in a couple of years, we'll see whether it was a good pick or a bust, right? So we'll keep our eyes on that as well as where the pick at number four is going to end up going if it possibly could be traded. The pick is in at number one. Jabari Smith is headed to Orlando. Locked on Magic's, Philip Rossman Reich explains the decision for Orlando. Philip Rossman-Reich here from the
5: Locked On Magic podcast, and with the first pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Orlando Magic select Jabari Smith Jr. Ford out of Auburn. Look, this is not your typical NBA draft. There is no clear-cut number one guy. There is a strong debate uh, for the top pick in this draft between three players. It's very rare that you see three players. Sometimes you get two, but very rarely three, and there are great arguments for Paolo Bancaro and for Chad Holmgren. I myself, in a pre-lottery mock draft we did here on the Locked On NBA podcast Network took Paolo Banchero, but as I've begun to study more tape, as I started to sit in this seat with the first pick, as I've done more review, Jabari Smith to me just screams like he is the pick for the Orlando Magic. He's not just the best, potentially the best player in this draft, which when you're drafting first, you always just take the best player in the draft. Um, He fits all the skills that the Magic need immediately as well as in the long term and checks off all the the boxes this team likes. He is a fantastic NBA level three-point shooter already. He is a fantastic NBA level defender already. He's going to be able to step onto this team and make an immediate impact, becoming one of the centerpiece players for a Magic franchise that needs star power, that needs just a guy that can go off and get a bucket. That's really the biggest thing that they need. And Jamari Smith can still grow into a lot of those skills too as he continues to improve. So with the first pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Orlando Magic take Jabari Smith, Jr.
0: And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough for their analysis.
2: So the Orlando Magic did what most folks around the league expected, taking Auburn forward Jabari Smith with the number one pick in the draft. Smith is the son of former LSU and NBA player, Jamari Smith, who played 108 career games for the Sacramento Kings and the New Jersey Nets. He's an impressive looking forward. I like his size and length. He can get shots off over the top of the defense. He's got really good shooting potential. He made 42% of his threes and 80% of his free throws at Auburn with a quick high release point. He's also good at drawing shooting fouls. College opponents struggle to close out to him. He can get that shot off at any time. So for Orlando, teams wondered if they would go on the wing or in the backcourt because of their frontcourt talent. Remember, this is a team that in recent years has drafted Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba, and others. They traded for Wendell Carter Jr., but they went with another frontcourt player, Jabari Smith, out of Auburn. Now, Smith needs some work on his ball handling. He can create his own shot, but he needs to get better off the dribble. He also needs to improve his skill level in terms of finishing around the basket. His passing vision could improve as well. 42% of his two-point two point field goals were made. That's a little bit low for a projected top pick with his size and athleticism. So there are some concerns about Jabari Smith, but there's also a lot of talent. And in this draft, the Orlando Magic felt he was worthy of the number
5: one pick.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn.
5: Jabari Smith, forward Auburn. Smith was the best shooter in all of college basketball last season. I'm Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. Jabari instantly became Auburn's highest rated recruit of all time when he signed with the program. And then he ended up carrying his team to the SEC championship last season. His length, defensive aggression, and his ability to shoot from anywhere on the floor We'll have the NBA excited about him being one of the future superstars in this league.
0: The top pick is in. Not too much of a surprise there. Jabari Smith going to Orlando as the Magic make their selection. Rafael, we're checking in with you. Things going to plan at this point. What can we expect when we see Smith join Orlando?
4: Honestly, man, I'm, I'm a Carroll guy. I would have won okay. with Carroll number one. I think Carroll is the, the most NBA-ready but Jabari Smith has a skill set that it translates to the NBA. Shot 42% from three. I've heard some scouts label him as a generational shooter at his size. Orlando is one of the worst teams in the NBA as far as outside shooting. So he should be able to come in and, you know, provide some floor spacing. Orlando hasn't really had off-the-ball shooting since Evan Fournier. <laughs> Evan Fournier has, has been gone for a, a couple years now. But the only concern I have with jabari going to orlando is the pecking order in orlando is not set i think there's five or six guys on that team that probably feel like they are the best player and you you just have a situation where there's a lot of redundancy and overlapping skill sets i think franz wagner and jonathan isaac their best position is at the four spot which is the position that jabari smith plays so i wouldn't be too surprised if orlando does some uh, roster I mean, some roster moving or consolidate some of their some some of their overlapping skill sets.
0: The pick is in at number two. Chet Holmgren is going to Oklahoma City. Locked on Thunder's Ryland Styles tells us about the pick. Ryland Styles
6: here from the Locked On Thunder podcast, and the second pick in the 2022 NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. The Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren, center, Gonzaga. Chad Holmgren is a 7-foot big man who is an elite shot blocker but can also handle the ball and playmake for his teammates while shooting 41% from deep. His off-ball defense is spectacular. It allows him to rotate and protect the rim at a high level. He averages three blocks per game defensively for Gonzaga and still offensively was not put in the best positions at Gonzaga to thrive. OKC can use him as a floor spacer on Shea driving kicks while also using him as a facilitator at the post uh, to help out his teammates and get assists there. He still needs to grow into his frame. However, the Thunder developmental program can get him right. At the nba level well while chet holmgren has some red flags his ceiling is just too high to pass on at pick number two for the oakland city thunder who need to find another blue chip player
0: and now let's hear from our odyssey expert former Phoenix sun's general manager ryan mcdonough for their analysis
2: chet holmgren goes to okc at two this was a guy who was strongly in the mix at number one we saw what the orlando magic did with the first pick taking jabari smith out of arbor now chet holmgren from gonzaga goes number two to the okc thunder adding to their young developmental talent in oklahoma city holmgren is one of the most unique nba prospects in decades he is long and skilled but he also has a body that concerns some he's skinny and weak at this stage in his development he's a seven footer with a seven five wingspan in a quick release he can get shot off over the top of any defense and those guys are hard to find he has a chance to be an elite defender When he's guarding in space at Gonzaga, he only played 27 minutes a game, but he still blocked three and a half shots with that size length versatility. This is a unique prospect, Uh, but he is long and spread out. NBA players will attack his chest and his body. He needs to get a lot stronger. And I think that's one of the things that may have scared the Orlando magic away from home grid at number one is that long spread out frame. This is a talented player though. Uh, You don't see guys that often with his height, length, and skill. Um, you know, he does have that skinny frame. That'll be the question mark, and it'll take some time. He's got long legs, a high center of gravity. When I broke him down and watched him on the film, a lot of his misses were short, and he shot the ball flat at times. I think a lot of that is strength-related. Um, but this is a home run swing for OKC. Sam Presti and company have a lot of young talent uh, in, in Oklahoma City, led by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they add a potential front court stud in Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga with the number two pick.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Andy Patton, host of Locked On Zags.
2: Chet
7: Holmgren, center Gonzaga. One of the most tantalizing prospects in recent memory, thanks to his unique blend of skills. I'm Andy Patton, the host of the Locked On Zags podcast. Chet was nicknamed the Unicorn because of his incredible length, his shot blocking ability, his guard-like ball handling skills, and of course, his knockdown shooting from the perimeter. Chet will make an instant impact in the NBA on the defensive side of the ball. And while concerns about his frame still exist, there is little doubt he will develop into one of the best two-way
0: big men in the league. Chet Holmgren off the board at number two, heading to Oklahoma City. Richard, we're going to check in with you for your expertise. How do you see him fitting in there in Oklahoma City at this pick at number two?
1: Yeah, you look at a team in Oklahoma City that really didn't have a lot of big man depth and their team that they are willing to take the swings for upsides quite at guys like Chet Holmgren and with his ability to potentially create a little bit on offense, especially in transition offense, defend the rim, great instincts, one of the best shot blockers uh, that we've seen come through in the last 10 years, overall good defender. You look at it, one of those unicorns and a pioneer for the seven-foot guards. Chet Holmgren could be that kind of guy. And that's why I think uh, I, I would take him number one. I think Oklahoma City got a good deal at number two with Chet Holmgren.
0: The pick is in at number three. Paolo Banquero is going to Houston. Locked on Rockets, Jackson Gatlin has more on his selection.
8: Jackson Gatlin here from the Locked On Rockets podcast. And with the third overall pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Houston Rockets select Paolo Bancaro out of Duke University. Paolo Bancaro, easily the best, most polished offensive prospect in this year's NBA draft, at least when you're looking at the top of the draft. And for the Houston Rockets, the decision is incredibly simple, right? It's a three-player draft. There are three guys at the top of the draft. If the first two guys go off the board, you pick whoever is left. And Paolo Bencaro, adding him to this young, exciting Rockets core is an absolute win for the Houston Rockets. He has this impressive blend of size, skill, athleticism, all in a 6'10 power forward frame. Pairing him with Jalen Green would be incredibly exciting for the Houston Rockets' future.
0: And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Adam Spillane, from Sports Radio 610 in Houston for his analysis.
9: At 6'10", Duke's Paolo Bancaro fills a major role for the Houston Rockets with the third pick, his size. For much of last season, Christian Wood and Alperen Shingun were the only players in Steven Silas's rotation to stand taller than 6'6", six six, and rarely could those two share the floor. The Rockets hope Bancaro can play next to both, General Manager Rafael Stone would probably prefer Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren in this spot, but if they're gone, Bancaro is the easy selection. Rated by some as the best player in the draft, the former Duke star is a gifted offensive player with a versatile skill set that allows him to play multiple positions, and he's able to beat you in every phase of the game. He can get easy buckets in the post or as a finisher, he can handle the ball and make plays for others, and he can step outside and knock down a jumper though his three-point shot must be improved. On the defensive end of the floor, Bancaro has the ability to lock guys down. It's just a matter of if he's willing to do it 48 minutes for 82 games a season. Bancaro joins a very young Rockets team that has finished with the NBA's worst record in back-to-back seasons, but with 2021 second overall pick Jalen Green and 16th pick Alperen Shingoon, who exceeded all expectations as a rookie, the Rockets have the makings of a core with three guys who are 20 years old or younger. The fit with Shingun might be a little clunky at first because their strengths and weaknesses overlap, but the Rockets' philosophy is that great players will figure it out, and those two will have plenty of time to do just that. With Bancaro, Green, and Shingoon, the Rockets have the foundation of what could be an elite NBA offense for years to come, but the questions remain on defense, where the Rockets allowed a historically bad 116.4 points per 100 possessions last season, and they gave up an NBA-worst 53.2 points in the paint. The Rockets are a long way away from competing in the Western Conference, but adding Bancaro to last year's draft haul of Green and Shingun gives them a solid foundation with which to build around.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, J.J. Jackson, host of Locked on Blue Devils.
3: Paulo Bencaro, forward Duke University. Paula Bencaro was one of the most dynamic players in all of college basketball last season. I'm J.J. Jackson, the host of Locked on Blue Devils. Bencaro helped lead Duke to the Blue Devils' first outright ACC regular season title since 2006. His toughness, strength, offensive versatility, including the ability to get all the way to the rim, have the NBA thrilled about another Duke player entering the league. Paulo Bancaro, Duke University.
0: Paulo Bancaro, possibly the best athlete in this draft, off the board going to Houston. Of course, Rafael, we know this is your guy, so tell us a little bit about what the Rockets are getting here at number three.
4: Well, I mean, the draft is its, it's only three picks in, and Houston has already won the draft. I'm Big Ben Carroll guy. I've been driving the Ben Carroll train all year long. And I had posted maybe about a week ago that a lot of the weaknesses that scouts said about Jason Tatum is what I'm seeing about Ben Carroll. If you just swap the names out, you think it was Ben Carroll. And I think in this draft, a team is going to regret two teams are going to regret passing Paulo Ben Carroll. I, I like him in Houston, even though there may be some concerns about their defense. But I think with you know some creativity in their offense i mean you get this guy that can be like your point forward you can run one two pick and roll not one two pick and rolls but you can run like four or five pick and rolls with him and shingun i think i just think that houston got a guy that should be able to come in rebound score create for others i'm, I'm a big ben Carroll fan like i've said so i like this pick for the rockets
0: Breaking news, we have our first trade in the mock draft as Sacramento and Indiana are going to be making some swaps here. The Pacers will make the selection at number four. They're also getting Rashawn Holmes and Justin Holiday. In exchange, the Kings will get the number six pick, number 58, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Pacers next year's first round pick. That's top five protected. Here at number four, Jaden Ivey now heading to Indiana. Our Locked On Pacers host, Tony East, weighs in.
8: Tony East here from the Locked On Pacers podcast. And with the fourth pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Indiana Pacers select Jaden Ivy, the guard from Purdue. And the Pacers in my seat were willing to give up a lot to do it. Pacers don't normally pick inside the top 10. In fact, their last pick, less than 10, was in the 1980s. So it's up to them to be aggressive and take advantage of this opportunity. And in this case, they sent some future assets and Malcolm Brogdon to the Kings in order to scoop up number four and some little assets from the Kings. And Jaden Ivey is the prize here. Very, very talented guard from Purdue University who, off the ball and on the ball, is dynamic, fast, can playmake, can create shots for himself. And because he can just get by defenders, he can make stuff happen on the floor. That level of dynamic play is so rare and hard to find these days. And, the Pacers, who have some talented guards but not anyone quite like that, would love to fit him into their ecosystem, see how he can help their team grow and push them to the next level and has the best chance of being a star of the available players. And the Pacers, happy to trade the four, happy to get Jaden Ivey and hoping he can push them over the hump.
0: And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough, for their analysis.
2: With the fourth pick in the NBA draft in 2022, we have our first trade of the night. The Indiana Pacers, aggressive on the trade market, trade with the Sacramento Kings to get Jaden Ivey from Purdue. He played in their best backyard in the state of Indiana. Now, Ivey is heading to the Pacers. Uh, The trade details, and this is a big one. The Sacramento Kings get the sixth pick, Malcolm Brogdon, the 58th pick, and a future first that's protected to five starting in 2023. On the other side of it, Indiana gets this pick, number four, in which they'll take Jay Ivey, also Rashawn Holmes, a versatile shot-blocking center, and Justin Holiday. So this is aggressive for both teams. These teams just combined last year to make a trade, a big one with modest Sabonis going from Indiana to Sacramento, and Tyrese Halliburton going back in return. But let's talk about Jaden Ivey. This is a kid with a terrific pedigree. His father and grandfather both played in the NFL. His mother, Niel, played in the WNBA. She coached for the Memphis Grizzlies and now is the head women's coach at Notre Dame. So this kid's from an athletic family. He has an elite burst. He's able to upshift and downshift and create separation from his defender. He's a pretty good shooter, too. He's not just an athlete. He can really shoot the ball. His shooting percentages across the board uh, were pretty good for a player, especially with his athleticism and explosiveness. Uh, Now, he needs to get... More active away from the ball offensively. I thought he stood around a little bit too much when he wasn't handling the ball. And his shot selection could get a little better, as could his defensive activity and effort. But this is a talented kid. This is a Ferrari. He's the most explosive backcourt player in this year's draft. And obviously, the Indiana Pacers wanted him to plug into their backcourt of the future alongside Tyrese Halliburton. So again, we have a trade. Jaden Ivey, with the fourth pick, ends up an Indiana Pacer.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Nate Dickinson, host of Locked On Big Ten.
2: Jaden Ivy combo guard out of Purdue. Ivy is one of the most explosive guards in this draft class. I'm Nate Dickinson, host of Locked On at Big Ten. With Jaden Ivey, you're getting athletically probably the most NBA-ready player in this class. He's incredibly quick, off the dribble, can get to the rim with ease, takes contact no problem, has big strength and is long too. Six foot four, but a six foot nine and a half wingspan. That's going to help him defensively have the potential to be great there. And the formula with Ivy is just simple. That's why teams like him. You make him an NBA level shooter, something he's much closer to than he was a year ago. And you got a superstar in the makings in your hands. Everything else is already there.
0: Got a first trade of this draft here. Jaden Ivey is going to the Pacers here at number four as they traded up to get that pick. Richard, what are your thoughts here? We talked a little bit earlier that this pick might be on the move, and in fact, it was. Yeah,
1: let's start with the Jaden Ivey portion of this. He would be the best player available at this spot. You also put him in Indiana, played in Indiana in college. Get a, a flashy creator that can get to the rim at will, should be able to shoot a little bit from three. And I think there's some defensive potential for him as well. But looking at the trade, I think Sacramento walks away right now being one of the biggest winners of the draft. They they jumped up in the draft lottery and got Malcolm Brogdon out of it without even moving behind their own original pick. So I really like this pick for Sacramento or this trade for Sacramento, pick for Indiana. It's a win win.
0: The pick is in at number 5, Shaden Sharp, heading to Detroit. Locked on Pistons
10: host, Koo Hill has more. Koo Hill here, host of the Locked on Pistons podcast, and with the number 5 pick of the 2022 Locked on NBA Ultimate Mock Draft, the Detroit Pistons select Shaden Sharp, prospect out of Kentucky. Shaden Sharp is a 6'6 guard, coming out of technically Kentucky, but did not play at all this past season for Kentucky, leaving a lot of questions about, is he really a top prospect in this draft could he be a big boom or could he be a big bust there's a lot of questions about this prospect however the number one ranked prospect coming out of high school has the potential to be the best player in this draft class in a few years while also having the potential to be probably a little bit of a disappointment in a few years it's definitely a big swing that you'll be taking if you draft Shaden sharp but again he has the potential to be a legit superstar three level scorer with tremendous footwork that he showed maybe not in college but he showed in EYBL and in high school on step backs and the ability to create shots off the dribble he is a freak athlete with a rumored 49 inch vertical that technically i guess hasn't been confirmed yet but has been rumored and you can see in his tape from the EYBL in high school that he is a freak athlete who can jump out the building and with the number five pick the pistons maybe could go with a safer pick of someone who is guaranteed to at least be a role player in the league but after losing the last few seasons getting Kay Cunningham and tanking again this past season The Pistons did not take all this way to just draft a role player. They should be going after the guy with the potential to be the best player in this draft class, and that is Shaden Sharp, who I have selected with the number five pick in this year's Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft.
0: And now we'll hear from our Odyssey expert, NBA insider Jimmy Patsos, for his analysis.
11: With the number five pick in this year's NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons take Shaden Sharp. This is Jimmy Patsos here for Odyssey. I'll tell you what, this is a really interesting pick. He could be a star. He has great upside, really good athlete. He's a Canadian kid, reminds me of Wiggins, where, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, well, he adapted to the American game, etc. cetera. Well, he got to spend a year under John Calipari, one of the great evaluators of all time. And he was in Kentucky's gym and working out and in their program, he just didn't play games. Now, in the words of Bill Parcells, it's always interesting when you can't put a game tape on and say, hey, here's Shaden's best game. And here's his worst game. And the problem with that is you don't have something to evaluate in real game film. We know in high school he was a great player. He played in FIBA, etc. But what I think about Shaden Sharp is if you're the Pistons, and you're, you're upset if you're the Pistons because you are not going to get the 1, 2, or 3 pick, which you thought you should get based on your record. The Kings beat you out at 4. You fell to 5. Shaden Sharp is a really good pick. He's got a huge upside. Might take a year or two to get going. Okay, so you don't have a lot of videotape to watch. He's a real 6'6", 200-pound shooting guard, great wingspan. The question is, how long will it take him to catch up to speed? Does he have the ability to go from, you know, the C player to the B player to the A player? And I only say C player because of his youth and inexperience and having no real resume to build on. They may take him along slowly out there in Sacramento. But he has a huge upside. He passes on, Sacramento passes on him. And you know what? The Pistons pounce on them. The Pistons get Shaden Sharp at number five. A great, great pick for them. They're building slowly with Cade Cunningham. They're doing it the right way under Troy Weaver, the GM. And I think Shaden Sharp was a really, really good pick because of his huge upside.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Lance Daw, host of Locked On Kentucky. Shaden
1: Sharp, guard, Kentucky. Despite not playing basketball last season, Sharp still projects to be one of the most explosive scorers in this year's draft. Hi, I'm Lance Dahl, host of Locked On Kentucky. Sharp never saw the court for the Kentucky Wildcats last season, but there's a reason the former top high school prospect was valued so highly heading into this year's draft. He has excellent length. For a guard coming in at six foot six with a seven foot wingspan. And on top of that, he's an excellent scorer at all three levels. But he specifically excels at finishing at the rim strongly. He's a relatively unknown raw prospect, but Sharp's ability to create an isolation makes him a valuable asset for any NBA team.
0: One of the big question marks in this draft for us, Shaden Sharp, in fact, going to Detroit. Rafael, going to check in with you. We talked about this. We really didn't know where he was going to end up. It would be higher or lower. What are your thoughts here at seeing him go off the board at five?
4: This is very, very risky. We're talking about a guy that didn't play a minute of college basketball this season. He has as many rebounds, points, and assists as me and my unborn son. But the Pistons decided that he was worth the risk. He is an exceptional athlete. He has... A guy that just kind of fits the mold as your 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 big wing that can handle the ball, create his own shot. So I understand why Detroit fell in love with him. But again, this is very risky. But Detroit is on a timeline to where they're they're not in win now mode. So I I totally get it. A little surprised, but then on the other hand, I understand.
0: The pick is in at number six. The Kings, after their trade with the Pacers, are making their selection. They take Keegan Murray. Locked on Kings host Matt George has the recap for us with this selection.
3: This is Matt George, host of the Locked on Kings podcast. And with the sixth pick in the 2022 NBA Ultimate Mock Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Keegan Murray forward out of Iowa. I am absolutely thrilled with this pick for the Kings. Truth be told, I would have selected Keegan Murray at four. I had planned on selecting Keegan Murray at four, found out he would be available at six, was able to move down uh, and pick up a couple more assets from the Indiana Pacers. But Keegan Murray, not scared by his age. I think he can come in and at 22 years old, be an immediate impact rookie, maybe a day one starter for the Kings. He fits in well with what the Kings are trying to do. They've been looking for someone to fit next to uh, DeMontis Sabonis in the front court who can space the floor, who can help on the defensive end of the floor. Keegan Murray does both those things, plus he has a very high basketball IQ and I don't think his ceiling is as low as some people suggest I don't think it's that much lower than Jaden Ivey's truth be told uh, and then when you look at the assets that the Kings picked up getting Malcolm Brogdon plus draft picks or a draft pick from uh, the Indiana Pacers Malcolm Brogdon can come in and help the Kings change their uh, their defensive issues change their culture defensively clearly that's something important to them by bringing in head coach Mike Brown Keegan Murray, Malcolm Brogdon, other assets the Kings pick up, they're well on their way uh, to accomplishing their goal of making the playoffs next season. Very happy with this draft for Sacramento.
0: And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Damian Barling from ESPN 1320 in Sacramento.
7: Okay, so I'll be honest. When we got an email about a potential trade proposal involving the Sacramento Kings in the draft, I immediately rolled my eyes because most of the trade proposals we've gotten have been pretty bad. And the belief is the Sacramento Kings are going to do something stupid. So let's just present them with some sort of stupid trade proposal. This one, however, got my attention. Obviously, when the Sacramento Kings moved up in the draft, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the the, the stakes on the pick got a lot higher. And we started talking about guys like Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp. So when the opportunity came through this trade proposal to select Keegan Murray while pulling in the asset of Malcolm Brogdon and a top five protected pick for next year, that got my attention. I've always been a fan of Malcolm Brogdon. I like what he brings to the game. And I think with this trade proposal, with the Sacramento Kings drafting Keegan Murray at six and bringing over Malcolm Brogdon, you now leave draft day with a situation where you have your starting four, And you have your starting two in Keegan Murray and Malcolm Brogdon. I think you're walking away from the draft with two starters. That's a win. In return, you're giving up number four. Okay. Uh, Obviously, the value on that position is is really, really high, especially if you believe some of the thoughts that Jaden Ivey is in a tier completely his own getting off of the money of Rashawn Holmes, who doesn't seem to fit after the Devontae Sabonis acquisition, and Justin Holiday, who you can move on from. Of all of the trade proposals that we've gotten since the lottery, this one is by far the best. And if the Sacramento Kings left draft day with a starting four and a proven starting two, I think that's a win-win. This isn't a bad deal at all for the Sacramento Kings.
0: And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Richard Stamen who is our host for Locked On NBA Big Board. What makes Keegan Murray
1: so special being the Big Ten Tournament MVP and a consensus All-American, Keegan Murray is a strong defender who can score at good volume, did that at Iowa this year, and has some versatility on both ends, could be a complete mismatch for any NBA team, which is what makes him a top-ten player. He checks out with the feel for the game, good defense, scoring, should be able to pass and he can finish through contact. So you get a three-level score that can defend and, and immediately impact the NBA team. That's what makes him an easy top 10 pick for me.
0: Closing out day one with pick number six, the Kings trading back. They're going to get Keegan Murray with their pick. Obviously, they moved down here. Richard, what are your thoughts on what they ended up getting after that movement and the trade earlier?
1: Yeah, not only did they find a good guard, somebody, something they could have had at number four, but they also drafted one of the most NBA-ready forwards to a team that needs a lot of front court help. They don't have much defense up there. Keegan Murray plays defense, can also score at will, and I think there's a lot of in-between those two things. I think there's some passing and creation to be unlocked a little bit there. But you look at three-level scoring, Keegan Murray has it, can play quick with De'Aaron Fox, really good fit all around for Sacramento.
0: All right, we're wrapping up day one here. What stood out to you guys? I think it's obviously, you know, for me, that trade movement, we had talked about it a little bit earlier. Richard, are you just, I know we had talked about that trade. Is it the return that Sacramento got that's really stood out to you, or was there something else that you saw today that surprised you?
1: Yeah, the return, I think, was really really just impressive uh, for a team that has a bad reputation for how they handle draft night and just generally trades. Sacramento came out actually looking pretty positive. They got an established guard back with the team they traded Tyrese Halliburton to. And they also were able to stay, again, above where they were projected in the draft lottery. They still moved up and got who they wanted in Keegan Murray, somebody that'll be able to contribute right away. I think they're the winners of day one.
0: Rafael, what shocked you more that Caro fell down to three or that Sheaden Sharp is going this early in day one?
4: I'd have to go with Sharp. I mean, I think most people thought Ben Carroll would end up at number three. But Sharp, again, he didn't play at Kentucky. Basically, you're taking a guy that's fresh out of high school with the fifth pick. But again, like I said, Detroit has their, their, their front office is kind of new. So they have some security there. And it was worth the risk. I mean, the guy is super talented. And if you look at Boston, they've made it to the NBA finals with wings that can shoot, that can dribble, that can pass. And you know, create their own shots and that's what Shaden sharp does. So again, I'm not too surprised by it.
0: Okay. Richard, when you look at Chet Holmgren, is he someone that can make that jump right away? Or, or is this really going to take him a while to kind of get NBA ready?
1: I think he translates right away. You look at the defensive instincts. He'll always be in a play on defense. And then his ability to shoot is going to be very special for him, and it's going to be what keeps him on the floor offensively. You look at trailer threes, you look at pick-and-pop jumpers, could also be a pick-and-roll guy. He was hitting a little bit at Gonzaga, playing next to Drew Timmy, a ball-dominant center, and I think you're going to see some unlocked abilities with more guard play around him, especially guys that thrive in driving kick.
0: Rafael, when you – take out your crystal ball because I feel like you always have the right predictions here. Do you feel like Sharp is going to, they're going to look back and be like, they were so smart to do that no matter what without, even without him playing, or do you feel like it's going to blow up in their face? If you had to guess.
4: Oh man, you put me on the spot with this question. I think it may blow up in their face. I just don't know if they have uh, enough Intel. I think that it's very risky when you have a guy that again, didn't play college basketball and you select him over like a proven player, like Keegan Murray, who I think was one of the best players in college basketball last season. He averaged 23 points per game. Johnny Davis averaged 19 and 8. These guys are proven. And if you look at Johnny Davis, for example, who is is still on the board, he's not that much older than Sharp, despite having two years of college experience. So I think if it were me, I'd probably lean more towards production over the potential. But only time will tell.
0: Absolutely. All right. We're going to go through, let's do Let's do our winners for day one, Richard. I'll start with you. Who, who out of these, these six picks, who do you think either got their guy the best fit for them or just is an overall winner here on day one? I'm taking
1: the Sacramento Kings, something I never thought I would say on draft day and they, they got Keegan Murray, somebody who I think might be justifiable even at four and they were able to get Malcolm Brogdon. They got assets while moving back and getting their guy to me that's a big win.
0: All right, Rafael, I think I might know what you're going to say, but who was your who's your big winner for day 1?
4: Yeah, I kind of announced it when I'm on the pick was bank, but I'm going with with the Houston Rockets with Pablo Vincaro. Again, you get the the guy that is the most NBA ready and I just think that he had some skills that he was not able to fully showcase at Duke. You get a 6'10 guy that can handle the ball and create his own shot. I mean, to me that is a I mean the level of that it's a high success rate and I, I think Houston won.
0: It and we'll go on the other side of this too. I'll stay with you, Raphael. Who's the loser today or just didn't, you know, didn't get the didn't get it right on day one. Oh man.
4: This is not gonna be popular. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think Chet Holmgren is Marcus Camby with the jump shot. And it's not a knock on Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby had a long NBA career. But if I'm selecting number two, I want a guy that I can give him the ball and say, hey, go get me a bucket. And I don't think you can give the ball to Chet and say, hey, go get me one. Five seconds left on the shot clock. So maybe it's just my preference here. But I I I want bucket getters at number two. And I just don't think Chet can go get you a bucket.
0: Richard, are you gonna to listen to this slander? Do you have any response here? Is, I mean, I'm sure that's not your loser of the day.
1: <laughs> no, I, I love the Chet pick. I think it's a great fit. I think it actually brings out all the strengths. You know, the Marcus Canby 2.0 isn't a knock. I don't think I think it's gonna be taken as a big knock. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was a defensive player of the year. So that's that's somebody who is is still very good. But if you're looking for the offensive solution, yeah, it's not Chet. I I think I think everything's just going to be brought out in the best way. You look at at the worst, a great role-playing center. Somebody who gets two assists, two blocks a game, and can score double digits, that's a pretty special player in the list of seven-footers that do those three things is very short.
4: So we're taking great role players number two now. Times have Jabari
1: changed. Jabari Smith is going
4: number one. And that's why Van Carroll should have went number one, but I'm a little biased.
0: One of those years, guys, you can't, no one No one can agree, it seems like. Richard, do you have an overall loser for your day one who you feel like just missed out on their pick?
1: Uh, I would say Detroit. I think they could have, like Shaden Sharp, I get the appeal for going for that wing with long arms, athleticism, shooting ability. How likely is it to translate? Hard to say. And there's players that are both younger than him in that range and simply we know more about and are probably at this point better than Shaden Sharp. So I think Detroit could have gone in other directions that they are looking for high upside.
0: That's it for day one of our NBA mock draft coverage. Come back tomorrow for picks seven through 12. We have Odyssey Insider NBA champion Brian Scalabrini joining us as well as all of our locked on experts as we head into day two.